On this week's Bet the Process podcast, Rufus and I show some personality for the first time in a long time. It, you may not actually like our personality, but we show personality. We have our final word, final word, I promise, on the Dumbo's situation. And somehow I managed to avoid speaking about Spanky, which you guys will all be happy about. But then we talk a lot about college football, which is a super interesting nuanced conversation, at least Rufus and I think so. And then we finish up with some NFL picks. So with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a out with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to another episode of the Bet the Process podcast where we're going to do our best to not talk about a tout. We're not, we're not, we're not going to talk about that at all. I Actually, I want to have one final word on this. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Cause I, and we won't talk about it at nauseum at all, but my, I sent out a tweet last night where I was basically like, here, this is the final word on, on Dumbo's. It's that they're basically like a tout service, like every other tout service. It just doesn't matter. And the reason that I wanted to say that was that through all the subterfuge that someone that runs that place has put out there in terms of like guarantees and data scientists and all this, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have 500 NASA data scientists and machine learning experts from Google doing this and getting you the most accurate pricing, et cetera. None of that matters because these are tout services and all they do is tout and sell And no matter how hard he has tried to be different, and I don't know how hard he's tried to be different, but he said he has, he does some of the worst shit of any tout service that I've ever seen. And so I'm done with it in the standpoint of trying to like discuss it at any kind of an intellectual level, because there's just too much like ridiculous stuff that's happened that, you know, people are like, oh, well, this isn't as bad as Vegas Dave or in as bad as RJ Bell. And the, the problem is, I think in many ways, it can be worse because of all like the misleading that has happened, which may not have been intentional, but who gives a shit? It's worse to be ignorant than it is to be, you know, malicious in some respects. Preach, preach, Jeff. Preach. Okay. And you know what? And do you know what? I, I was watching um, the and fire. your last word on it. I'm going to take last word too. Um, first off, I was, I was watching the fire festival documentary on the plane and they said <laughs> something about how you know, how uh, that guy, Billy McFarland, when he had that company, Magnesis, was basically able to get these New York papers and, and news organizations to write articles that basically were press releases for his company. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what this tout service has been able to do in a way also, because yeah, well, I mean, like, let's face it, it's their, their leader is a smooth talking, um, and, you know, he's a smooth talking salesman, and he's very good at that. And he was on a podcast last week with... Um, Plus EV analytics. And I talked to, um, on Twitter with plus EV after that. And he said something about how, well, you know, I, I kind of came at him. I was like, well, you know, why didn't you ask about such and such? Um, like why not, why didn't you parlay those teams other than tease them? And he said, well, you know, I hadn't actually on the fly. I couldn't really, I hadn't, I didn't think about that. I, and, and he, you know, he gets you, the podcast is a good format for him because he can basically throw something at you that you're not really expecting. And if you have a little bit of time to refute it, you'd come up with a nice explanation of why it doesn't work. But without that time, he comes across, without that time, he ends up looking pretty yeah. smart. And, and I think the Billy McFarlane analogy, if any of you guys haven't watched the fire festival documentaries on Netflix and Hulu, you should, cause they're amazing. But like that fire festival analogy, the Billy McFarlane, I mean, it totally is a really good analogy. And, um, again, like the notion of why we haven't wanted to have him on this podcast is really that reason. It's like the fast talking medium that allows twisting of any words. And we just don't want that. So let's move on from this. Okay. Okay. Uh, We're done. Yes. Sports. Sports ball. the, The narrative. Okay. And let's talk about something else that just doesn't fucking matter. The narrative that the books won this week because all the public 
favorites, all the public lost, et cetera. And, and this is like this huge news that everyone's talking about and people make jokes about how oh, all the bookies are happy and all this kind of stuff. Here's like where I net out on this. And I know you have a place where you net out on this, but I net out on this is like, this is like the, like every year we go through this where one week is a, is an outlier or two weeks are an outlier or three weeks are outliers and people want to make stories about what all this means. It, it's, it's distribution. It's variance. That's all this means. It means that over the course of a season, if you uh, take arbitrary endpoints, and yes, a week is an arbitrary endpoint because it's just you know, six, you know, 15 games that happen to happen on the same weekend that you will get you know, uh, you know, very outliers in terms of small sample size. You will get 11 and four weeks, so you will get three and 12 weeks, and that happens, and it means nothing but the fact that distributions aren't perfect in terms of how they occur. Like if you flip a coin a hundred times, there are going to be streaks where you get 10 heads. And it doesn't mean that heads is a better pick than tails. Okay. You know, you know what I think it shows? I think the books winning shows that it shows that the books do have positions. The books take positions on games. A lot of that is because they have teaser and parlay liability, but they have, um, but they have positions. Now the whole fade the public narrative that system is basically saying, well, you know, the books win. So if you align yourself with the books, then you will also win. Now, the problem with that, though, is just that the books are basically getting plus 110 on their positions. And as a better, you're getting minus 110. So, yeah, if you were aligned with the books this past weekend, you won, but you didn't win as much as they did. And when, well, when, when, when the books lose, you're going to lose more than they do. And that's yeah. ignoring the fact that, you know, you know let's say if I'm, I'm, I'm on a team plus six and someone else gets them at plus four and a half, you know. So, I mean, they're, you're not always getting the same, the same number. No, and in many ways, we're, we're, we're actually talking about two completely different things, right? You're talking about the idea of being on the public side versus the book side and whether there is such a, such a thing and such a way to work it. I'm talking about the anomalies that happen throughout a season that people use to try to draw patterns or future predictive value out of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're basically talking about two different things, but well, the, the results it's, of- it's the same thing. I mean, it's, it's, well, it's the notion that we like, we need an explanation for something. We don't want it to just be randomness. We it's need called, to create so a narrative the, around it. That's called the it's, gambler's fallacy, right? The yep. gambler's fallacy is looking for patterns and past data um, to try to understand that when, when really there is no predictive value of that past data. And, you know, I was, I was on um, my friend Chris Liss's radio show yesterday, and he was talking about um, predicting some of these performances where, you know, he said, Dwayne Haskins looked so bad. You watched him and you're like, how can this guy actually be good? And, and I mentioned that the week before, if you watched the Titans and watched Marcus Mariota get sacked like 10 times and not be able to throw the ball downfield, you'd be like, how are the Titans any good? And so, you know, people want to be able to predict like why, when a team is going to throw one of these clunkers out there, you know, when a quarterback's going to look awful. And that's why we kind of, um, that's, that's honestly the basis of a lot of these you know, trends that you see because you, and, and these sort of motivational, um, you know, bounce back game narratives that you see because people are trying to find an explanation for something that just seems like it was, you know, was unexpected. There well, has to be a way to predict it. Right. But so you're, you're, I think you're conflating a bunch of different things though, Rufus, like, and, and all of them are very interesting. So I'm not like giving you shit in this case. I'm just saying like, there are a lot of things to unpack with this one on the Marcus Mariota thing. Mariota thing. There's some interesting things there, right? From an optical standpoint, everyone always bitches about how he plays, right? And how, how he is as a player and the visuals of it. But, you know, he's the only quarterback this year to start every game and not turn the ball over. Yeah, but we know, long, but, but okay, turnovers, time, you know how we feel about turnovers. No, no, but he's, but for a long time, he was the only quarterback, I think, that had never turned the ball over in the red zone. So, so he's conservative. That's what we're saying. He's yeah, willing to take sacks rather than honestly, take risks. There's, there's some value to that, right? Like the idea that if you actually had a, a quarterback that could control the amount of turnovers that he, that he creates, that's a pretty important thing. And, you know, that's, that's not necessarily captured well in any rating system. Like we know okay. that like a lot of these rating systems are kind of BS. Right. So but, but my point is my point. That's not what we were talking about though. 
Well, so we're talking about rather, narratives. Was, I was, I was talking. We were talking about narratives and the fact know, that people I'm, need I'm, to create listen, narratives around I'm, randomness. I'm, I'm saying and how it's hard that, to predict this randomness. I'm saying there's a lot of interesting things to unpack in what you said. Okay. Right? So the narrative thing, yes, but we've talked about that ad nauseum. Now let's talk about Ma- Marcus Mariota because okay. that was a very. And it, it's not a narrative thing in that case. It's an. It's an over. It can, it's two things. It's an overreaction thing. And it's a not understanding like the value of certain types of performances in sports. And so when I was on Kornheiser's show last week, I picked the Titans to cover against the Falcons. And he said, aren't you worried about Marcus Mariota that he just isn't good and that all this kind of stuff and he hasn't progressed and all this, you know, again, Marcus Mariota was like a top whatever first round pick overall like thought people thought he was going to be really good because he'd come out of this system and he looked great and he's mobile and all this kind of stuff and you know like let's look at a season so far so they they beat the colts right did they beat the colts wait they won no they lost to the colts right they beat yeah um they they beat cleveland they're they're two and two right i'm guessing because every team's two and two they beat they beat cleveland and then he had like a pretty mediocre performance against the Colts where he 150 yards and one touchdown, but no interceptions. According to like quarterback rating, that was a 93.5 quarterback rating. He had 304 yards against the Jags with no touchdowns, no interceptions, which was an 80, but only 57.5 comp completion percentage. And I think a lot of the problem going into that game was everyone thought the Jags sucked. And it seems like the Jags defense may be pretty darn good. Yeah, and then he had a really, really nice performance against against the Falcons, and so my my point is that, you know, there is this narrative that's been created that Mariota is a terrible quarterback, right, and that he hasn't progressed, but he is a quarterback that does a certain thing. He, you know, it, like would would you rather have Mariota's performance against, say, the Jaguars, or uh, or James Winston, um, or no, or Jared Goff's performance against Tampa Bay? Well, obviously, I'd rather have Mariota's performance because it was better. Right, but I th- well, or wait, oh no, 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 oh, the, oh, Mariota against the Jaguars. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about Mariota against the Falcons. Right. Obviously, I would, so I would like, take, you're, I would you're, take Goffs, even with all the turnovers. Yeah. Well, are we saying that? Yeah. Do you understand what I'm getting at? Like, yeah, but you know what? Have, you have to be able to move the ball down the field. If you can't move the ball down the field, and you I don't, can't and score. I don't, and I don't have the answer to the well. I'd have to look at the game. I'd have to look at the grade, the grades and all that. At what cost though, right? And so like, I think ultimately like this is a very interesting question, which is like, or is the, if you actually do for somehow have the ability as a quarterback to control how many turnovers you have is how, how much value is there to that? Even if it is at the cost of, you know, stretching the field and all that kind of stuff. And I don't, this is probably a question more for like the, you know, Josh Herms, whatever Myers and the <laughs> Kevin Coles of the world who study this kind of stuff more than we do. Um, but certainly it, it is an interesting question, I think. Well, yeah, I, I think that, that was worthy of discussion, Jeff. And I think we can quantify how much turnovers are worth, like how much a fumble is worth and how much an interception is worth just using the EPA expected points added framework. But you don't, you can't actually control you can't, it's a much harder thing to, to quantify what the ability to control that is. Well, no, I mean, we can, we can totally predict a quarterback's interception rate and a quarterback's like, like I have for, for, for example, I, you know, when I do props, which I'm not, I don't generally do in the regular season, but I, I predict don't, fumbles. I don't, I don't, I predict I don't. fumbles. So I'm predicting quarterback sack, like what percentage of sacks does the quarterback fumble on, which believe it or not, ha- there is underlying skill that, as I think, you know, you know, like Eli Manning seemed to always fumble on sacks and, and some quarterbacks are, you know, golf fumbles on sacks. I'm going to say with small hands fumble on sacks. But so, so we can, I'm saying we can quantify his, we, we can create a forecast for his uh, turnover rate and we okay. can say how much that's worth. Okay. I'm not, I'm not saying that you can't do it. I'm saying that it's very hard. There's a lot of noise in this stuff. And the reality is that at some level, right, there is this idea that like, you know, Mariota is, Mariota, is it possible that he really is an outlier in his ability to control his turnovers? And well, so if he is an outlier, 
like, is there extreme value to that versus like some of the other, and, and I can't wait for Mariota to come out this week and throw like four picks and fumble three times. And then this whole argument is going to seem so stupid, but whatever. Well, you know who the real outlier in this is in terms of being able to control like turnovers, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers did that last year a lot. And he, uh, or he, what did he have last year? How many, um, how many interceptions did he throw? It was like, maybe I'm thinking of two years ago, but he threw like almost none, like two interceptions or something. Mariota, by the way, his career interception rate is 2.4%. That's like, you know, that's around the league average now. I remember 10 years ago, like the league average is like three, well over 3%. Now it's a lot lower. But Tom Brady for his career is is under 2%, I believe. And Aaron Rodgers is also pretty low. So I think is that- Aaron Ro- is, is Tom Brady good? Tom Brady is, um, is he better than Eli Manning? Uh, he has he, more Super Bowls, barely. Yeah, so he has a career 1.8% interception rate. Um, and he's, I mean, if you look at his, he has one interception this year. That was last week in Buffalo. If you look back, you know, 1.9% last year, the year before 1. 1.4, 0. 0.5, 1.1, 1.5, 1.8, 1.3, 2, 0. 0.8. Literally, he has not had a year in the last 10 years um, where he's had an interception rate higher than Mariota's average rate for his career. So, I don't so know why. I don't. Falling, I think. I think I'm you're creating a narrative I, yeah, about no, Mariota based I, I on just, the fact that he has no interceptions I, this year, I, I and you heard some statistic listen, where he hasn't thrown an interception or turned the ball over in the red zone. And you're talking listen, over me while I'm making my point. Right, because I was making your point for you before. I said I am creating this narrative now. I am a as much of a you know a, a fraud and bullshitter. Yeah. So let's just let's, just, let's just end the podcast now. Call me Billy McFarlane and and then we're done here. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. And, and okay. the other, the other good thing, talk. Good talk. So the other thing in terms of uh, this, this conflating thing, um, the other thing beyond sort of the narrative piece of it and then the, the Marcus Mariota, you know, controlling for turnovers thing is just the overreaction thing, right? I mean, That's, I think the recency yeah. bias that we see in the NFL, it's 100% like the biggest league, I think, where you see just these huge overreactions to limited sample size. And it's, it's a lot of it is because you just have such a small sample size to actually react to. And so many of these games are so public in terms of, of how you see them. So, you know, last week you had, you know, Oakland was a team that like basically everyone had, you know, said was terrible and blah, blah, blah. And like the whole Dwayne Haskins thing, that kind of pisses me off that Liz said that. And I I know Liz pretty well also. It, It surprises me. Um, well, I well he, said, he, wait, he said he said with his eyes, Haskins looked really bad. He looked That's, like wait. He said he looked like Jason Campbell back there in terms of holding the ball for a while and taking sacks, but then also throwing a bunch of interceptions, which is what Jason Campbell but how, didn't but, do. But so he it, basically but, the worst of the worst of being conservative, but also turning the ball over. In in what world would you ever judge an NFL quarterback by their? first game on the field when they weren't even slated to be the starter so they didn't take first team snaps all week well wait he said that he said that he did take first team snaps because keenan missed a practice so but all week he missed not one all week. practice one, one day one day that's not enough You're, no i agree i agree the game it's plan like, was not set like up a, for haskins like, i would i would say if Liz listens to this podcast i would say that is a very disappointing you know, ridiculous no. comment from someone that knows is supposed to know a lot about football. Jeff, you're taking this out of context. I'm saying he said that this is his visceral reaction to it. He was talking about how he's been overreacting to things in his own handicapping uh, of games and teams and all that. And the example this week where he, like his visceral reaction was that Haskins so, looked really bad. That, that's, like, that's, 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 that's literally just watching the game. I had, I, you that's know, a stupid, I had that reaction that when Mariota was playing bad against the Jaguars. Like that doesn't mean it, it's affecting my model, but like I can still have that reaction. And you know, it's a, it's a, to me, it's a stupid example because okay. you have, you have a situation where a quarterback is in his first NFL game, did not take regular season snaps Sorry, did not take all yeah, the first yeah, team yeah. snaps. Does not was not part of the game. Like, it's like an absurd way to judge a quarterback ever. It's not. I mean, it's just literally he didn't look good. That's all we're saying. Do you think he played a good game? He did not grade out well. I'll put it that way. I guess. And like, you know, we're, we're, okay. Here's a question for you then, Jeff. Like the over. The I, I, I get what you're saying, but I get what you're saying. 
the example, the Mariota example is a much better example. The Mariota example of you saying like you watched him against say Jacksonville and he looked like check down Charlie and like you didn't lead, you know, like that, that to me is like, yes, that makes sense to say like, you know, this, you know, that you have to like, when you evaluate things, you have to evaluate the entire context of their, that individual's performance. Right. And this is, I'm saying this wasn't an evaluation. This is just a reaction. You can have a reaction to something. Okay. Yeah, you can. Let's move on. We're moving on. Like a better, better example. Anyways, let's move on. Is there anything else that we want to talk to before we start diving into like futures and whatnot? Well, do we want to recap the week at all? Our, our weeks, I, I, I like recapping the week because I'm going to become a little bit of a tout here and say that I had my best week, football week of the season by far. I mean, I think, I think a lot college of people football. did. Well, yeah, co- well mine was mostly in college though. Yeah, I mean, our friend, our friend Preston had a really good week also. Um, it was generally, I, was, I think, a very good week for most people that are professional betters. I, was, I went through it. I was... Uh, after ending, I had ended the previous week, like to get back to even on like an 11 and a three run on the later games. Uh, this week I went two and five on my college football totals, but 17 and four on my sides. And the great news about that is the fact that you're able to get more down on sides than totals. Naturally. So 30 natural. and 12 college football run on star bets that I placed that nobody can even verify. <laughs> because I, and I'm not selling anything or giving any picks away. You're not individually, you're not independently verified by some um, accounting firm that I've never heard of. You know, I'm verified by Google Documents, which you know, Google is, I think, a bigger company than Cone Resnick. <laughs> you think? Probably. You how are we? You know what, well, how are we defining company and big? Market cap. Market cap. I know. I'm just. What is Google's rank in terms of market cap? High. Do you know that's good what, enough what are me. the highest do you, you want to know i'm kind of curious i don't want to know highest market the funny thing cap. is jeff i'm the one that has add and you're the one who's being add i want to know what highest market cap companies are you don't want to know that the largest four companies by market capital edition can you guess what they are don't look it up i'm not i'm not looking it up um can you guess what they are in the world Google, yeah. I mean, I mean Google, what, what, Apple, Google, Amazon, uh, name um, them in order. Microsoft, Google, and, and you know, there's no such, there's no such thing. There's no, it's not Google. Google's not one of them. I know it's Alphabet. Or it's Microsoft, right? Apple, Amazon, and Alphabet. Okay, the exactly the ones you'd expect. Yay! Yay! All right. So, do do you know what the most? Do you know? Do you know what animals killed the most humans in the last ten years? What animals kill? I mean, them? just if we're talking about random non-sports related things. And uh, humans. Well, that's probably correct. I mean, but. Sorry, let's not get political. Let's just move on. That's what I'm. What, what animal killed the most? I don't know. I'm just, I could look it up. Well, I, I think that's interesting. <laughs> Why would you bring something I like think it's interesting too. I, personally, I think like, People I hope it's like, the hippopotamus because hippo, well, no, it'll be a mosquito. The mosquito is obviously number one. Is far. it a mosquito an animal? Yes. Oh, interesting. Insects or animals? Yes. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, They're, uh, we're, we're trying to go with what, you know, our friend Randall told us, which is to be a little bit more entertaining or have a little bit more personality. That's when I'm supposed to drop like F-bombs every once in a while just to like have personality. And, and cut off the other hosts, right? That's, well, we that's definitely a, what Randall's definitely into. We were having a passionate, a passionate argument. It was an argument of passion. We're we're Um, both, by the way, we're both wearing hoodies. So by the way, I don't know what that means, but (laughs) you're such a tout. Like you wanted to recap last week. You wanted to put that segment in the recap. I literally said I was going to be a tout for a second and be shamelessly. I wanted my victory lap. You didn't give anyone anything useful besides saying like, oh, 17 17 and four on side. So blah, blah, like who gives a shit. You know what? I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do me. I'm not allowed. That's like saying, you know, you're not allowed. You said you're not allowed to think that Haskins played poorly, but, but you're, you know, it's, I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to think Haskins played poorly if I want. And just like, I'm allowed to be happy that I won bets rather than saying, Oh, well, you know, rather than you saying, well, you know, your expectation was not a 34.6% ROI. Your expectation was a 5% or whatever. 
you know, I'm, I don't, I don't really care. So did you ever, did you hear that Jamel Hill when she was, I forgot what quarterback she was talking about, but she was talking about like Daniel Jones or something like that and how well he did in preseason. And then, you know, when he gets in the NFL and real games, it's going to be different. And she talked about what are you going to do? What is he going to do when Vaughn Miller is coming down his throat? <laughs> oh God, that's amazing. <laughs> Oh I'm my god! Completely on accident, huh? Uh, yeah. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I hope Von Miller is not thinking about doing that. Were you there that day that we were at Wet Republic and Von Miller came and hung out with us? I was. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember his his cousin who had the like whistle and would just grab the blow the whistle and then grab girls' asses? No, I don't. Think and other parts that talking, were not appropriate. Prob- probably should not be talking about that. Okay. A very me too world now and that's not something we should be talking about. that's what i'm saying it was not very appropriate jeff right was he singing too short as he did it no but i think the thing is everybody was like that's not right but nobody because he was there with von miller nobody was gonna call like you know nobody called him out on it i mean except the girls that one i think slapped him which was very justified yes slapping is more than justified in that situation Okay, uh, let's move on from talking about sexist, terrible things that people do um, to our next um, topic, which would be futures. Let's jump into futures. Wait, Jeff, do you want to name drop any more uh, people that we hang out with at clubs? Uh, that could be fun. When, were you there when Simeon Rice was came out oh. and we played blackjack together? No. That wasn't uh, at a club, though. Who else do we want to name drop? Were you there when Jerry Stackhouse came and hung out with us? Nope. Um. Were you there when Michael Jordan came out and we played craps together? Nope. Okay, that never happened. Um, but let's move on. Okay. Uh, college football futures, or hey, Rufus, if the season hey. were today, what do you think the committee, how, who would be ranked number one, two, and three, and four? Who would be in the playoffs? I mean, honestly, I, I tweeted that out and I said it really doesn't make it really is pretty pointless at this moment. Oh, but so I asked I was, you, now you're not even going to answer me. I mean, to me, that's a, okay. So that's a strength of resume essentially that I put out. And it basically had like Clemson at like number eight or something like that because really? Clemson, well, right. I mean, it's not, well, this is ignoring priors. It's, it's saying if the committee does, okay, it's so making would, the decision, if the committee, let me finish. If the committee is making the decision based on what has happened this season, what has happened on the field, that's what, you know, that was the model that that's basically what the model spits out. The model is built though, using, you know, we only have committee rankings after like nine weeks in the season. So, you know, it doesn't, we're, we're, we're it's kind of an apples to oranges comparison in a way, but I was kind of curious to see like who had the best resumes to that point, like Auburn and a lot of that it's, you know, things teams can't control because you can't control who you play. I ever, I mean, or where on the schedule they are like Auburn has the best wins by far, but you know, they're not the best team. And like Clemson is played nobody and will continue to play nobody. Well, except Texas A&M, but, um, and squeaked by North Carolina. So there you go. It's when you only have a few games, you know, that's, that's what it is. And, and there is a result, their in season only rating is not that high. Right. Yeah. So who were the top four? I don't even remember. We'll pull it up. Come on. I mean, I literally, you always want to talk about this thing. Well, what I want to talk about is more of the, the playoff. Well, what I care much more about is the projections for where they'll be at the end of the season, as I'm sure you do. Okay. Let's talk about that. So, oh, by the way, the four, yeah, it was Ohio State, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, which obviously doesn't make sense that you'd have three SEC teams. But um, also, at this point, we haven't it seems like had there's conference a championships yet and all that so like there's a reality that, that that we're like on a collision course for the to be a ton of sec teams this year um i don't know so i actually tweeted something out and and this is um well Cade tweeted out our our ratings i re-ran i ran them this week i did something a little bit different from last week which is that i used the hybrid ratings at the end of the season i call them the hybrid ratings they use priors in evaluating how a team did how a team played but it's not baking the priors into the team's actual rating um, at the end. So it's basically a team's rating is how they played during the season. Um, and so when I'm, when I normally simulate, I simulate the movement of the team's rate, the Massey Peabody rating overall based on how it moves. But, um, I added like, you know, we simulate the, um, the hybrid rating too, but, but I'm, I do it 
make it move the same way as the regular Massey Peabody rating moves, which is not actually accurate because the hybrid rating is going to move a lot more because it doesn't use priors. Sorry, nerd alert. But so, so we get, but the whole point of that is that it's going to be a little bit less reliant on the priors of a team. So that shouldn't have Alabama and Clemson quite as high, but the problem is that Clemson is so low compared to the other top teams that I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's lower on. I mean, I, I expect they're going to, you know, go back up They're they're because they are a better team than that. So it's still using their actual ratings, like my predictive ratings to simulate out the season, but it is, we're using that hybrid rating at the end to, it is sort of one of the variables in the committee selection. But one thing I noticed is that, um, and, and this is obviously wrong, um, that Clemson, if they go undefeated, st- only had a 69% chance of making the playoff. And I tweeted out one of these scenarios where they don't get in when they go undefeated and just, and kind of was curious on people's opinions on it, where in this scenario, for example, you had an undefeated Ohio state that won the big 10. You had one loss Alabama that wins the sec. You have uh, Georgia that goes undefeated, but loses the sec title game to Alabama. And you have an undefeated Oklahoma that wins the big 12 and then Clemson's undefeated wins the ACC. Oregon wins the PAC 12 with one loss, but they're Oregon. And so in this, my, my committee projection would have left Clemson out, most likely. Um, not, not every time because there's some randomness in there, but um, Clemson in this case is a worse team. Um, according to the numbers, you can see the MPN season. If you look at my Twitter, you'll see all this. They have the worst strength of wins, the least surplus wins um, relative to the teams above them there. And their average opponent strength is way worse than everybody else. They've had, they have such an easy schedule because the ACC is basically not a power five conference this season. Um, And I think we both agree that in that situation, Clemson gets in. You're not going to have a power five team that goes undefeated and is the defending national um, champion get left out. Right. Agreed. But, and so that's sort of the downside with the, with the, with the algo, I guess, with the model, um, with the model that predicts this, there's no, it got me kind of thinking, maybe I should add a hard and fast rule that I think the committee would actually abide by. Um, and sort of having that supersede, um, the model. So saying like, if you have a undefeated, you know, power five conference team, they get in ahead of any one loss, non, um, non power five conference champion or sorry, non or power five no, team I mean, that it, does it, not it, win the conference championship, right? Because, like, in this situation, I could totally still see one loss Alabama that wins the SEC title game being ranked ahead of Clemson in the ratings, right? And so if so, you look at so any one-to-one comparison, more. Jeff, I think yeah. if you look at any comparison of, like, undefeated – like, of a undefeated Power 5 team versus um, a Power 5 team from another conference that has one loss but wins their conference title, that one loss team could rank above the undefeated team. I mean, you had Notre Dame last year is undefeated that – you know, but – they were not the number one seed. And so the problem is on the whole, though, I don't think there's any scenario where you have a, you know, a, a, a undefeated power five conference champion that get, that is behind all the one loss conference champs. Right. So here, here's, I think this is interesting. Okay. And what I think, what I believe about this is how how important priors and generally like like long term this is why when you model um schools you have to model priors at some level right because this if clemson weren't clemson meaning like clemson were some other team like let's say clemson had the exact same performance and they were virginia tech or something like that or they were someone else in the in the sec in the acc um you could see this happening because I do think like the ACC is down. I do think like generally like people would perceive them to be down, but because they're Clemson, people know that they are indeed better and at least perceive them to be better. And I think the reality is that they are probably better because they have a tradition and we know that their talent is very strong. So they are able to withstand down ACC year where other, um, other programs probably couldn't. Right. But let's say, let's say on the field, they end up, winning a bunch of close games and don't look that good. Basically don't look like a dominant team. What if Trevor Lawrence gets injured or something like that right. in that situation, you know, do they still make it? I think they do just because of the, the priors. I think like if Clemson goes undefeated, there is a 0.0% chance that they don't make it. 
I think, I think it's politics. I think there'd just be too much backlash. That's what we're saying. I mean, like yeah. all these things but are I the same, right? But you're I mean, saying it's because it's Clemson. I'm saying it's because they're a power five team. I, I don't think that they I, would allow, I, I mean, I don't the only, think you can, I don't, I, I think it's both. I, but I think much more of it is the fact that they're the defending national champions and that they're in the mix every year and that they were, came in as, you know, the, the number one team in the country and they didn't lose a game. So in what world could you not, could you say that they wouldn't be in the top four? It's just I mean, like kind of an, you're talking about stuff that, you know, the committee is supposed to be making these decisions based on Rufus, who the best teams stop. are and based Rufus, on what happens Rufus, on the field, Rufus. right? You're, you're, you're like, you're like creating an argument in a situation where you absolutely have to know that that's not true. And like in many ways, like it's not, it's not wrong for that to be the case, right? Like you have a team that like, go ahead. So my question then is, yes, I am. How would you add this? Let's say you have your model that, you know, predicts this and and adds randomness and you can add some hard and fast rules to it. Like I can do that. What would the hard and fast rule? Like, help me, help me. Let's build this model together, Jeff. Let's figure out how to make it better. How would you, you just have to be hard code in if team equals Clemson and team is undefeated, they get a hundred percent chance to win the playoffs to get in the playoffs, but I still I have to rank them. I still have to rank them in the playoffs though. I have to seed them. So should I just say if they're left out, they automatically get it, you know, move up to number four. What do you mean? If they're le- like, if your model leaves them out, they get moved to number four. I mean, I I'm saying, I'm saying I, 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 I have to rank them. I have to the rank them because team. that that's how the playoff happens. You have the one and the four team so, so play the only, and the two I know. and the three. Okay. So th- thank you for explaining to me how a fucking four team playoff You're works. You're welcome. So the, the only way that I see them getting left out of the playoffs, I'm sorry, not, not being the number one seed at this point in the playoffs is if Trevor Lawrence gets, I mean, if they go undefeated, is Wait, if Trevor Lawrence gets you hurt. think an undefeated Clemson automatically is the number one seed regardless, or is I think I think it's ahead of every one lost team. I think it's a pretty strong case that an undefeated Clemson will be will still be one over an undefeated oh, over an undefeated Alabama. Hell no, Alabama is going to be playing. I mean, it, it's like Clemson's playing the JV schedule and Alabama's playing the varsity schedule. I'm sorry, like I think I don't see how they can possibly okay, let, do let's, that. Let, let's you want to have a bet? Let's have a bet. If both teams go undefeated, I. I will take Alabama and you can take Clemson Fair? as the one seed as the one no, as the one seed, just who as the one seed overall. The one. I'm not saying who is better. I'm saying who will get the one. Yeah, seed. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Done. How much are we betting? How many peanuts? Another dinner that you'll never pay me. Okay. Well, I mean, we actually made a, you know, what the last committee bet we made was, um, which I, I paid up to you was, it was based, it was oh, like Oklahoma and Ohio state. I, I want a chance to like make that back. Okay. We'll bet a thousand dollars. Okay. A thousand, a thousand monopoly dollars. So don't worry. Government. Don't, don't worry. Yeah. Well, what's just don't a worry. bet between, it's a bet between yeah. friends with no vig. So I don't, I don't think they care. We're not recording the same state, Jeff. Oh, that's true. This is a violation of the wire act. That's right? why we're not betting real dollars. We're betting. We'll bet monopoly. a thousand, a thousand gummy bears. Okay. A thousand have, Dumbos. We have, uh, I think we have 23 minutes because I need to, I need to, uh, I need to have the trip through college with you. So we need to leave time for that. So, <laughs> okay. So, so, so basically in a way, the ratings I put out, like the probabilities are going to be like Clemson, it's going to be way okay, so lower you, than they should you be. You literally have been talking this whole time and have not given us what you think the top four will be. Right now, what we have is Ohio State 72%, Alabama 67%, Oklahoma 66%, and Georgia 51%. And then Clemson so 50%. That's broken, right? LSU 40%. So, but I, I do think one thing that is true is that there's basically six teams that have differentiated themselves. Um, and just like last week, when, when each of the top six teams had like better than nine to one odds, and then the next team was like 60 to one. So, that is, that's sort of still the case. Um, there has been some movement. So Alabama, Georgia, and LSU are down slightly. Um, Auburn is up from they – were, they went from 96-1 to 1 to 63-1 to one to um, be the so Auburn's football outside, champion. Auburn's Auburn is outside of that six, right? Yes, and that's because Auburn has literally the toughest remaining schedule. Um, sorry, no, the fifth toughest remaining schedule in the country. Florida has the top. Uh, the toughest LSU is the seventh toughest. So Auburn has done it. They have the most quality wins by far. 
Um, they've, they, um, they beat Oregon and they, last week they blew out Mississippi state. And what was the other big one they had? Um, it was a good one. Trust Auburn me. beat Oregon. Right. They beat Oregon. So they beat Oregon um, and they beat Texas A&M. That's who it was. Mm-hmm. They beat Texas on the road. Mm-hmm. That or that Oregon ending they actually pretty, was close pretty much dominated them on the road. I mean, it wasn't wasn't even pretty. They won by eight, and then they they dominated Mississippi State at home. And Mississippi State's not supposed to be um, that bad, but maybe they are. Who knows? So so, but the the thing is, Auburn just has a t- like they're going to have to play um, Alabama. I believe they still have um, LSU on the schedule. They've. I still project them at 2.8 losses. So they're still very much on the outside. Um, And so, yeah, Ohio state. So also we see Ohio state making the biggest move up. They go from plus 766 um, for the national championship for those are my odds to plus 426. So that's a, that's a very big move. Part of that's obviously because Clemson goes down after their very narrow victory against North Carolina but Ohio State, it's just they're just playing really well. They're now, they're now um, the number two team overall in the futures. They have, I think, the best in-season rating thus far. If you're not using it prior, and um, and Penn State also goes up. They go up from about 400 to one to 70 to one after after a blowout, blowing out Maryland, and they go from three percent to 11 percent to make the playoff. So those are basically the big movers there. Um, but it's still basically the, the the same six teams are clustered at the top, and not a knock on Auburn. They just have you know too many tough games. Florida, um, LSU, Auburn, and Alabama. That's that's pretty tough. Those are four top ten teams. Yeah, seems reasonable. Um, I think that I uh, I like it. What, what are the top? What are your top five teams in terms of um, like tough toughest schedules? In terms of toughest schedules, um, remaining. Well, I, I gave you the one, five, and seven. Right now, I want two, three, and four. In terms of, I can give it to you in terms of contenders. I, I'd have to pull up the, the oh, okay. specific you don't document. Have it, with you don't have it. You don't, if you don't but have it, amongst, I was just curious, like because, like, are they all in the SEC? Like that, it would seem like it, it would be interesting to see if there was any of those teams that weren't in the SEC. Well, teams that have to play Alabama. <laughs> yes, that sounds like a Jeopardy answer. Who are teams that have to play Alabama? But I mean, if you look at so Alabama still has the twenty eighth toughest schedule, even though they can't play themselves. What's interesting is Clemson's number sixty eight though. Why, why can't they play themselves? I don't know. What's a, how does a fourteen playoff work? Uh, I don't know. You just yeah. told me. You said one plays four, two plays three, oh. which is just counter to what I would have thought. I would have thought one plays two and three plays four because those would be the best games. It's true. Um, Penn, Penn State has the number, the toughest, oh, no, sorry, Georgia's number 10. Penn State has the toughest schedule out of the contenders, um, out of the top, like, out of teams that have more than, better than a thousand to one chance of winning the, the playoff. Um, yeah, Penn State has the number 14 remaining schedule in the country, which is toughest out of the non SEC. What, what do you make Penn State to win, win it all? 70 to one. They're 11 to one to make the, 11% to make the playoff. Um, they are, how was their game grade against um, Maryland? Was it was it really good? Um, it was. It was the top game grade of the week. See, see how I did that. It was an excellent segue. A team, a team wins fifty nine nothing, and I'm on the road, and I'm able to suss out that that might have been a pretty good performance. So, can you name the rest? Can you name the rest of the top five? The rest of the top five on your game. I actually like your game grades. Your game grades are are some of the most interesting nonsense that you talk about. Thanks. Uh, let's see the top five. Um, hold on a second. Do 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 do. Where is Mich- James Holes? How about how about Oklahoma? Did they make it? Oklahoma number seven. Ooh. How about? I mean, uh, Alabama number eight. At least you're getting top ten teams. Um. How about uh, how about a Michigan? Michigan? They killed Rutgers. Be, oh no, number fourteen. Oh, oh, Ohio State had to be. Ohio State number two. Yeah, yeah. against Nebraska, forty-eight-seven. Nailed Those, that one. Um, you might not get. 
three and five and six. So Cincinnati is number three. I was actually going to say Cincinnati, but I, Marshall, I guess your, your, th- your system seems to really reward road teams. Well, it rewards road teams more than it. I mean, it's tougher to win on the road. So it controls for that. How about, how about SMU? Southern Methodist, number 15. Wow, that's not very good. So, okay, tell, tell us what the rest were. Okay, so we got Auburn beating Mississippi State, 56-23. They're number four. Um, and then Duke, number five, 45-10 against Virginia Tech. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Uh, Hawaii against Nevada, 54-3. They're number six. Then Oklahoma, Alabama, TCU with their blow out of Kansas. And then Houston with a 46-25 win against North Texas. The best, let's see, out of the teams that lost. Oh, Clemson actually surprisingly still comes in at the number 18 game grade. So they're still, even though they only won by one and didn't look like they played that well based on just a cursory look, they or they graded higher than Utah, which beat Washington State 38 to 13, and graded higher than Notre Dame, which beat Virginia 35 to 20. So, so okay, they were well, yeah. Good. Well, we're at one more college. Do you want to give a quick college pick for this week? Yeah, I was going through. I went through like half of the slate trying to like find the picks I liked the best. So, I mean, there might be some of them might be actually further down, but um, I'll give a few. How many do we want? Everyone likes your college picks because I think they've been doing well. So, so I hope so. Um, some someone said they would recap how our picks did because I'm not generally writing them down. Yeah, we're, just, we're we're really bad at that this year. We're, we're we're touts with zero accountability. It's few. It's, it's amazing. Fewer, it's fewer. We're fewer concerned about picks this year than we have been in the past. Yeah. Okay. I'll you know I'll, I'll give more picks this week um, because because okay, I'm go. feeling confident because of that because yeah. I'm on a run. I'm on a heater. Yeah, that means yeah, they're probably yeah. I, I'm due for a losing week. Do that or I've found. Do you have a guarantee? Do you pay me back if I bet these and lose? Because that's what the. I'll know. definitely pay you back. That's the yeah. Industry. Okay. You anybody that that um, you have a money back refund any money you paid me, I will give you back if these picks lose. Times times three. Times three. Times ten. No, Jeff. Can we afford that? Times ten. Yeah, for sure. Can, can you can you look and do the math? Yeah, I, I okay. can't. I can't. I can't tease through zero or multiply times zero. Okay, LSU, minus 27 and a half. Jeff, what's wrong? Like, I thought you said I never liked the big favorites. What's up with that? No, you liked uh, Oklahoma last week, and that was a big winner. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to keep riding the big favorite train with LSU. Um, yeah, against Utah State. We are also, let's see, we're also going to go with, you know, I have to do this. We have to go with. Actually, no, I don't think I'm down on this. I'm waiting to get a plus 14 out there. So I'm hoping 14 is going to come up. Oh, I did. Yes. Okay. I got 14 and a half somehow. Um, we're going to go with Rutgers because they're Rutgers. official. We have to do this. We're, we're going. So Maryland is no longer going to be an official bet the process team. Um, we are sticking with Rutgers and they're playing Maryland. And but that line's are, down to 13, dog. Is it down to 13? I make yeah. it. Um, well, so, so their quarterback is questionable, their starter, but the guy that's been starting was their starting quarterback last year. And according to some article in New Jersey, um, some, some reporter thinks that he should be quote, given quote a your, chance to quote, be the starter because he's made a big some, improvement. Quote I don't know. Some, I was, some I was doing my research. Some writer. Yeah, that's research. So, but the research is the fact that maybe he's made a stride forward, but either way, he, it's not... I mean, he's not an unknown backup. He's a guy with 13 games started in his career. So I make the line um, Maryland only minus eight. But I'm guessing Maryland's either going to get blown out or blow them out because that's what they seem to do every week. Right. Um, we'll also go with, um, you know, should we go with an underdog? Let's go with an underdog. Um, Kent State plus 36 against Wisconsin. And we will go with my – can I can I name them as a bet the process team army? Because yeah, I, I mean I wanted to, and I, you have to sing the army song every time you do this. Like that's on brave old army team. Yeah, on to the fray. Do you know it? Come on, fight on. I don't know victory. it because that's the fearless army way. Da 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 da. Yeah, army plus three against Tulane. I think they should be a three point favorite. Tulane has played well so far this season, but. Priors. Okay. 
So you like Army? I mean, I love Army. Why, why wouldn't we love Army? Anytime to bet on Army is and it's, it's patriotic. Plus, it's basically plus three even. It's patriotic. Here we go. Okay, so we gave out Army plus three, Rutgers plus thirteen, Kent State plus thirty six, and LSU minus twenty seven and a half, something like that. I'm curious to see if you move these, if this podcast moves this shit now. Now that you have, you have twenty, I saw you have twenty four thousand followers or something like that on Twitter. Wow, it's really, it's really impressive. And this is like real. Back in the day, people used to grow Twitter followers by like really schemey ways. You're like literally growing them by producing content, and I'm I'm impressed, Rufus. Oh, Jeff, I feel good. You're gonna make me grow blush. Feel good about you. Okay, let's move to the NFL. Okay, I can close uh, up all these. I can, can I, am I safe to close all the college Yeah, windows? let's go to the NFL. Let's spend about 10 minutes on the NFL and, and, get a, and give people a couple picks in the NFL and then be done with it. I, I thought our college conversation was nice and nuanced and we had some pretty good arguments and I dropped a couple F-bombs. So I think we've fulfilled our quota for the week. Um, Randall will be NFL, happy. In the NFL, um, like, do you feel like the main lesson is, is that um, – a lot of what you've said in terms of like parody and people being centered around the same is sort of coming in and coming to fruition. And do you feel pretty good about the fact that, you know, I mean, it, it, the, the one team, the two teams, obviously that people are saying as outliers for this parody are essentially the Redskins and um, the, uh, the dolphins. Yes. Um, and I, I guess well, no, the Redskins Jets. and Jets, Redskins and Jets, but now I guess the, Wait, what about, the sorry, Dolph- sorry, dolphins and Jets. Right. But the but, the Jets are only really in this category because they don't have Darnold and they're down to like the seventh string quarterback. Really? Yeah, I guess. I mean, but Darnold Darnold's questionable this week. And I, I Well Darnold has mono, right? And you can't really play mono because if you have if you have a enlarged spleen or whatever and it ruptures. Right, but you get over it eventually, just like most injuries and illnesses and stuff. So so he's allowed he's cleared for contact um drills now or something like that. So are you, are you cleared for contact drills? But he hasn't like lifted and stuff. So his are muscles have atrophied. No. I'm clear for takeoff. Are you clear for our decathlon that we're going to do? Seriously, when are we doing this? We need to do this. I know we do. I'm really excited. Maybe for this off season, this off season, I, like it's getting harder and harder for me to think I can compete because I'm just getting older and older. Well, and the, the other thing is I'm living in a building that has a half court and I'm shooting a lot of free throws and three pointers and I'm up to, like, yes, these are open three-pointers, but I'm, I'm hitting like 48% of my three-pointers now. So You're like a little savant. And over 80% free throws. It's, it's amazing if you practice something, you get better. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk? So I do think that, I mean, you're right. So there's a bunch of two-and-two two teams. Big right. whoop. I think that's, you know, we're four games into the season. There's 13 of them. They're, you know, if you were flipping coins, you would, um, you'd be expected to only have 12. What was the most surprising result last week for you? Because there were a bunch of surprising quote unquote results. And what was the most surprising for you? Let me pull up my game grades here so I can remember. Um, I think a lot of people would say Cleveland against Baltimore, but I'm honestly not that surprised. It, it feels like those are two teams where, because, well, I feel like Cle- Cleveland seems like they're a pretty high variance team and Baltimore is a team that kind of has, is reliant on, one particular aspect of their game on offense generally. I mean, they have, and if, if someone can shut that down, um, you know, they're, they could be in a hole, but so that was surprising. There was a, there was a lot of, there were a lot of surprising games. I mean, you have Tampa against the Rams. Um, you have Oakland beating Indy. Okay. Rufus, this is I, I'm the, trying to come up with the, this is number. the whole reason I asked you, which was the most surprising because yes, I agree with you. There were a lot of quote unquote surprising results. So what I'm trying I'm, to do is extract out like what is what was the most surprising result in your mind, and I'm I'm trying to think out loud about that. I'm um, glad you didn't say talk out loud. I hate it when people say that. It's like of course you're talking out loud. I'm gonna go with result or how a team played. I mean, however you want to define it, like what surprise? Define surprise. Whoa! Oh my God! It's like, I was surprise. I was gonna say how New how bad New England played on offense. There you go. Even that's though they want. See, that's great because that most people wouldn't have said like, "Oh, that was the most surprising." <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that that's a good one. That's exactly what I was getting at. Um, I think my surprise is how badly the Giants beat the Redskins. 
I was not surprised, even though I bet on the Redskins, unfortunately. The Redskins are garbage. They will be forever until Dan Snyder sells the team. I think I also bet on the Redskins. They're also cursed because their their name, you know, they they're built up. Their stadium was built on an Indian burial ground, and their name is offensive. So why is their name? There's offensive? no hope. The, that that's by the way, I factor that in my futures model now. What? Why is there? Why are they? Is this like the Brady Bunch? When I, don't know, I, still, I still think they should just keep the name and just change their mascot to Mr. Potato Head. Okay. And Do just you want be like to- the Potato Redskins? Do you want to give some NFL picks? We can do that. Do we have any other NFL discussion we want? Do we want to talk no. about how the this changed the futures landscape or any of that? No. Let's okay. save that for next week. We did a pretty good deep dive on college. We did. Um, uh, okay. Let's let's definitely give some NFL picks then. You're we're each given two. Is that right? Yep. I was four and one on the Kornheiser show by the way last week. So put that in your pipe and smoke. Boom. What's what's your what's your ROI on the year so far? I'm now like I'm now like one under. Oh, R, uh, I don't even know. I mean, like across everything. Well, I I mean, I guess it's probably harder. I don't track, to track quite as well as you do. Like in I don't know. So I, I don't track asking. second half that well, but I track like the pregame. I, I track pregame stuff. Anything that depending on how stuff is getting split up. You know, if I have to. Some things we have to track well for that reason because so we, you know, went, we have different people placing. Yeah. So we went. Um, I think eight and O on NFL pregame sides last week. And one of the guys that I, I work with on this, like looked at the numbers like, Oh my God, we had such a great NFL pregame thing. And like literally like a week before that, one of my buddies is like, let's hold off on betting NFL pregames this week until we like, see if the data is stabilized or whatever. So we didn't bet any of them. You didn't <laughs> bet and you would have been eight and O. Yeah. Holy shit. Nikes. Classic. Classic. That's not good. I was Classic. I had a good week on sides as well. Not as good a week on totals, but it was still it was still a nice week. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't a thirty four percent ROI that I had in college, but I'm up to five point nine three percent ROI for the year on pregame football. So I'm which is totally good. I'm happy with that. Fade, fade the Rufus is the is fade the, the Rufus. Okay, I'm gonna go first because I want to get. I'm I'm afraid you're gonna take my games. Um, I'm gonna take Oakland and London. Ooh. Plus, four, is it still four and a half? I have four and a half in my sheet. I've, it's five where it's I'm looking. Five. I got it at five and four and a half reduced. It's um, five. No, minus, no, it's it's not five, five minus one fifteen on on Chris right now. Oh, oh, you're well, you want Oakland? So plus five yeah. minus one five. Oh well, yeah. Wow. Okay, so I'm getting so the market doesn't agree with me here. Mm-mm. Our numbers like the Bears in that game. You like with Chase Daniel? Uh oh. Chase Daniels playing? Yeah. 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 Yes. He, he's a, he's a guy that there's a, there's a big difference. There's a discrepancy in how he's valued in the player model and the Massey Peabody model. Okay. So you're taking the Raiders plus five. We'll give you plus four and a half since it's plus five minus 105. So. I would like to – plus four and a half sounds fair because that's where well, – No, I think, I, think that's, I think that's reasonable. Well, how about plus three? Just because we will – you know, that way we're not – Plus um, three? You said it's plus five minus one hundred five. Why would we ever give? Why would I take? Why would I take plus four and a half? It's not plus oh, sorry, five minus one hundred five. So I was just. <laughs> I still keep thinking that you're you're on the bear. I don't know what I'm thinking. So we're okay, oppo so there. You'll, you'll take plus five. So yeah, we're oppo five. there. Is that right? Yes, we are. Okay, oppo. but I'm not. That's not my one of my official picks on oh. the, the process podcast. Okay, as we give out both sides of a game, good for hey, us. Just like Jason McIntyre, right? <laughs> We need to have Sizzle on just because it'd be fun to like kind of talk to him about why he hates all these people so much. And I understand why he does, but it'd be fun to sort of like go through like his methodology for hatred. Like what's his, his model, what's his model for hatred? I think we should definitely have him on. Let's do it. I don't even know who he is. Do you know anything about him? No, I can. We can I like find him to be him a very, 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 very entertaining follow on Twitter. He, he, he like goes out of his way to like actually track people's rec- like. Yeah. Play Travis. Okay, I'm gonna record. take I'm gonna take the Packers plus three and a half. Packers plus three and a half. I have I'm 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 in agreement there. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Okay. I'm also on that. Um okay. for like miniature money. I don't know why. Miniature. Okay, next. Why is our money so miniature in that game? Um next is going to be uh you know, honestly, I don't like a lot this week. Um I'm gonna throw that out there before I give you this play. Just checking the line to make sure it's still there. Um, the G-Men. 
plus five and a half. G man, I think I'm, I think we're on that also. Good, because we, we both agree we always lose. Is that true? I don't know. I made it up. Such a negative take. What do you have, what do you have as a line for this on the Saints game? Um, that's where where the hell is that game? It's, okay, bottom of the board. I I make it the the Massey Peabody lines minus two point eight. The player model is minus what four point one. Yeah, I'm going to take the Saints there, minus the three. Okay. So my combo line is minus 3.3. 3. So is it's that- minus three, minus 117. Should I take a minus three, minus three and a half there? Can, can we do an Asian handicap for you in honor of you being Asian? Yeah. I mean, maybe just if you're hearing this, I think it'll go down. I think, it'll, <laughs> you can, I think you can get three. I think you should wait and try to get three. Maybe three slightly juiced, but not too juiced. I mean, minus three, minus 117, penny minus three, minus 119. Yeah, it's going to be hard to get a true three, though. Just uh, 3.25. We, gotta be, we have to be honest in our, in our uh, pick touting. Yeah. We're, we're going to revolutionize touting by giving an actual line. How does that sound? <laughs> maybe we'll tell you what bankroll you need to bet our picks. Or maybe we just won't. Maybe we'll just say it's all a personal choice. Just like abortion, it's a personal choice. Okay, um, I think that's it for this week. That's so, all four picks. For joining us, and with that, um, have a great week. We'll talk to you guys all soon. all the numbers in the simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are about to end just running off a of leaded.